What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to rate and review the show. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll discuss everything going on in the NFL with the Titans having a COVID-19 outbreak in their locker room, as well as the TSK Show power rankings and our picks of the week for week four in the NFL. Also, we have a special guest making his return to the TSK show. Coach Scott Fields will be joining us to preview the matchup between the Los Angeles Lakers and Miami Heat, who are set to square off in Game 1 of the NBA Finals tomorrow, Wednesday night. All this and more on Episode 161 of the TSK show coming up right now. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 161 of the Sports Kingdom show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. We got a really good episode coming up for you guys we got coach scott fields joining us later on in the episode in a little bit coming up to preview the nba finals with us but for right now i am your host eric the duke of sports sklar joining me as always my co-host tyler pacholke tyler how you doing man doing good dude ready, ready to rock we're we're in the, the full swing of fantasy football season yes sir sitting across from me running the board as always jacob gonzalez jacob what's up bro how you doing I'm good. I'm excited that the uh, NBA Finals are here. We have Coach Scott Fields to preview it. Man, f- football's back. Baseball playoffs are here. Yep, MLB playoffs are here, too. Can't get any better. I never thought we would be here, but hey, here we are. I know. It's kind of crazy having all the sports going at once. And kind of like it, though. Hockey, I know we're, no, we're not really hockey fans, the, but it's great to have it. The Stanley Cup was won last yeah. night. The, shout out the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, uh, all right, before we get into the NFL, we have to remind you about our friends who make probably the best coffee ever. This episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Campus Point Coffee. Campus Point Coffee was founded in 2019 by former UC Santa Barbara students, but due to the pandemic, they had to go strictly online. TSK Show listeners will get 15% off their purchase from CampusPointCoffee.com by entering the promo code TSK Show at checkout. That's promo code TSK Show for 15% off from CampusPointCoffee.com. And Campus Point Coffee has a variety of different roasts to choose from. And even if coffee really isn't your thing, worry not. They have plenty of other merch like mugs, tumblers, T-shirts, and even a tote bag, all on CampusPointCoffee.com. Speaking of that tumbler Jacob mentioned, my dad went for his weekend run again this past Saturday and Sunday mornings, and he had that Campus Point Coffee tumbler with him, and it, it was perfect for him. Yeah, man, I start, my, I start every day with an Americano with the Luke Espresso, and I mean, it gets me right every day. Well, today was National Coffee Day, and yes, guess how is. I celebrated that with a cup of Campus Point coffee. 
Support us while supporting a company that makes probably the best coffee ever in addition to helping save the beaches at the same time. And Campus Point Coffee takes a portion of their profits and organizes their own beach cleanups as well. So if you're a coffee lover or you want to rock some cool merch while helping save the beaches, just enter promo code TSKSHOW at checkout for 15% off your purchase from CampusPointCoffee.com. That's promo code TSKSHOW for 15% off your purchase at CampusPointCoffee.com. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here, so I won't get fired. Straight cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. So Tyler said it, we are in the thick of fantasy football season already three weeks in. It's It's been crazy for me. It's it's not looking too good already. But but Tyler, how are you doing, first off? No, man. I, it's like between the Seahawks and fantasy football, my heart can't take it. Um, I was in a barn burner where I was basically watching Clyde Edwards just chip away at my lead all night, and I ended up winning by four points. So um, it ended up getting the dub, but it was extremely stressful. So what are your, what are your overall records right now in your three leagues? Oh, uh, so so I'm sitting at two and one, two and one, one and two. Man, so all right in the TSK show league, I'm now one and two. I beat our good friend Blake Anthony by the skin of my teeth and, and a stunner in a stunning upset. That was stunning insane. upset. Blake was coming was in too. I, I watched the game with Blake, so oh man, he had to have been going crazy. <laughs> He didn't like it. I I'll bet. tell you that much. He didn't like it. Basically, Blake was coming in 2-0. and I'm coming in 0-2. And, and Cooper Cup ends up having the most points for me. And I literally, on Sunday morning, texted the group chat that we have for the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. And I said, good game, Blake. Julio is out. And Julio Jones was obviously ruled out for the Falcons. He didn't play because of a hamstring injury. And I thought I was doomed. I was going to lose for sure, especially with Blake having Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, and Justin Tucker going on Monday Night Football in what was supposed to be a shootout of a game. So yep. I uh, – That's I, fancy I, football, baby. Yeah, and I, I ended up winning 111.28 to 109.38. I got guys, so lucky. You guys were in the toilet bowl just like I was in week one where – the two lowest scorers played each other. Yeah. Well, and then in my other two leagues, I lost. So those uh, are good. Those are good wins to get. I mean, to come in 11th place in scoring and get the dub. Yeah. No, I needed that victory. That's, that's fancy football in a nutshell. Literally. So, but I'm 0 3 in the Valley Village Invitational. I'm 1 and 2 in the League of Fools. I, I lost in both of those matchups week three so it's it's not looking good for me to start out fantasy football but i really hope that this win in the tsk show F- football league and the the way that i won i hope that can change the juju for me but all right tyler week four coming up tsk show power rankings what do you got for us yes all right um the start of this is um 
is extra special because the boys from up north are finally back in the top ten. I got the New England Patriots. Um, where they belong and where they belong is the TSK show power rankings top ten. <laughs> and so uh, I think that Bill Belichick loves having Cam Newton, and they are um, an upset threat. Uh, a serious threat for teams like Kansas City, Baltimore, and Buffalo. Uh, coming in at number nine, I got your Los Angeles Rams. Woo, let's I go. Got a lot of, yeah, I think they got a lot of things to be happy about. Um, they got down big, and they, they came back against a gritty uh, defensive football team and nearly stole the win. So um, I like them sitting at two and one. I like the NFC West uh, moving forward. Um, at number eight, I got a big downfall. Uh, they just haven't lived up to the hype yet, and that's New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think that they need to uh, keep seeing Kamara the Rock and stop relying on Drew Brees quite as much. But I think Michael Thomas being out is actually a, is actually a factor, whereas I didn't think it would be. Um, but their only losses are to Green Bay uh, in Las Vegas on Sunday and Monday Night Football, Vegas and their home stadium open. So tough. I mean, tough losses, but um, they need to win those games if they're going to be a top five team. Uh, coming at number seven, I got Buffalo at number at three and zero. Josh Allen is the truth. I think he's he is legit. He's here to stay. He's the perfect quarterback for that franchise. Like I've said before, and they got a top five defense, and the Singletary can be anywhere near as productive as he were last year. That offense, uh, the balance of it, is going to make it even scarier. Uh, coming in at number six, I got Pittsburgh at three and zero. I think this team goes as Ben Ben uh, Roethlisberger goes. Uh, we saw how important he is. They they struggled last year without him, uh, and this year they start out three and zero. So I, I think that that's uh, credit to Ben. Coming in at number five, we got the the the, the Tom Brady Buccaneers. Um, only team I I think only time until this Tampa Bay team looks like Seattle Green Bay offensively. I think they're they're two and one to to be two and one, not played with each other much. Uh, I think that's a good sign, and they're only going to get better and finely tuned on offense moving forward. We got them at number five, coming in at number four. Even after a loss on national television, I got the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Lewis Riddick is like one of my favorite guys to listen to uh, talk about football. He's he was commentating their game. He's an old GM. And I think he hit the nail on the head. If, if Lamar Jackson is more accurate on 20, 20 yards down the field outside the hashes, I think it's, it's a completely different game. And the Baltimore Ravens are arguably just unstoppable on offense. So uh, I think really hit it on the head. If Lamar can be accurate down the field, they're basically unstoppable. Uh, coming at number three, I got Green Bay at 3-0. and Highest scoring offense in the league. Rodgers is MVP level. He looks like you know, what we've said all year. He, he looks like he's on a mission. Um, Green Bay is going to ruin a lot of people's plans. Coming at number two, I got my, I got my squad, the Seattle Seahawks. Three and zero. Russ, most, most passing touchdowns in the first three games of all time. He's got 14 passing touchdowns. I think that he's the clear cut MVP candidate after three. Um, and ultimately, you know, within the Seattle community, people are worried about the defense and the yardage they're giving up the points that they're giving up, but I think that they're a bend don't break defense and they're doing enough to win games. So as long as they continue that trend, I think the depth will keep us afloat um, to be a Super Bowl contending team. And then number one, no surprise here, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, with the addition of Clyde Edwards, 
and they just they just look unstoppable on offense. One of the best offenses I've ever seen, uh, accompanied with the best, arguably. I mean, I don't think it's too brash to say arguably one of the best football players I've ever seen with Mahomes and one of the best play callers ever with Andy Reid. So um, that's my top ten. I'm going uh, starting at number one. I got Kansas City. Then I'm going Seattle, Green Bay, Baltimore, and Tampa Bay. Then I got Pittsburgh, Buffalo, New Orleans, Los Angeles Rams, and the New England Patriots. All right. Now, before we make our picks of the week, this segment of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. All right. Picks of the week, NFL week four. First, let's go over our records. Jacob, do you have your record from last week and your overall record for the season? Yeah, I got mine. So last week, uh, I went nine and seven. Okay, not bad. That's not counting bad. that stupid tie. Yes, we did agree that uh, ties count as a loss in, in pickums. You're supposed to pick the winner. We didn't pick the correct winner, so it's a loss. I really blame the Eagles on this one. Yeah, I mean, you can blame the Eagles for a lot of oh. things this year. Embarrassing football. Embarrassing football. And, they neither one of those teams went for a win. And real, real quick, I, I've said it every time there's been a tie in the NFL since we started doing the TSK show, and really I, I say it all the time, there's a tie in the NFL even before. There should be no such things as ties in sports. In sports. There needs that to be a winner. Exist. It is a competition. There, someone needs to win and someone needs to lose. It's it's very a, it's a very simple concept to me. So play. It plays into the winning percentage, so I think it's okay for the regular season. As long as playoffs are decided. I mean, if you didn't win the game, you didn't win the game, you know? I guess. All right, Tyler, what was your record? Fuck, I was an embarrassing 8-8. Eight and eight. Oh, no. I had the best yep. record of the week? Let's go. And, I was, and I'm sitting at 32-16 and 16 for the year, so 60, 67% winning percentage. Not good. What's your overall record, Jacob? 32 and 16. All right. Last week, I went 10 and 6 for the best record of the week. And overall, I am at 33 and 15. So I'm wow. I'm officially atop the leaderboard. Damn Falcons. Yeah. I really, I really dropped the ball last week. Picked a ton of losers. Yeah. So, all right. Let's, let's get into it to see if uh, Tyler and Jacob can catch me this week. So our, the Thursday night matchup, it's a battle of two 0 and 3 teams. It's about the Thursday night matchup games. They've been all horrible. They they just don't care about Thursday nights. So this we got this traditional Thursday night. Yeah. So all right, we got the Denver Broncos going to New York, well, New Jersey, the Meadowlands, to to take on the New York Jets. Both teams coming in at 0 and 3. Like I said, there are some rumblings that. If the Jets lose this game, Adam Gase, the head coach, gets fired. So for that reason alone, I'm going Denver to win this game, and I have a yeah. feeling Adam Gase will be fired after this yeah. game. <laughs> I'm going with Denver as well. <laughs> uh, I just I don't think that the Jets, you know, no matter how, you know, I feel like I can sell anything when it comes to the sports world, but I don't know if I can sell the Jets anymore. Well, and what's interesting is uh, Drew Locke is obviously out. Uh, I'm, I can't remember who is starting for the Broncos. 
Well, I'm, they had Driscoll, and now they got Rippin. Yeah, Rippin starting uh, for them. So it's Rippin versus Sam Darnold. So I have a feeling the run game is going to be very prominent in the Broncos' uh, offense. It's sad that you know picking Denver and they're missing. They're missing a Drew Locke. They're missing a Cortland Sutton. They're missing a Philip Lindsay. They're missing a Vaughn Miller, and we're still going with them. I mean, that just says everything you need to know about the New York Jets. Yep. Jacob, who you got in this game? I got to go with the Broncos too. Alrighty. There's no way I'm picking the Jets. Sorry. <laughs> All right, to the Sunday slate. We got the Indianapolis Colts coming in at 2-1. and one. They're going to the Windy City, and this was one of those quarterback matchups and quarterback competitions that Tyler told you to look out for at the beginning of the season. Finally, it's done. Big Dick Nick, Nick Foles, has taken over for it's, Mitch Trubisky. It's, it's interesting to look back at that episode because uh, we, do, we, we say like two, three games in, if it's not, if they're not rolling, Foles is coming in. And and we said that, like, Trubisky's going to start, but that's just because they have to. They invested the pick. They invested the time. And there's shit, you know. Here comes Foles, and I think he gives them a better opportunity to win. But the Bears were 2-0. and And, I mean, listen, Mitch was obviously not doing well I, on over the I weekend, think- but – I think he's going to be okay. I don't – I you know, I think he's going to find a, another chance. Um, it's going to be tough. You know, the, look, the, the look on his face said it all. I mean, he saw what happened. He became a franchise quarterback one snap, and a, uh, he, he's looking at maybe 10 years of being a backup for a career. Yeah. But I got to go with Big Dick Nick and the Chicago Bears to beat Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts just uh, – yeah, to, just to keep yeah. the storyline going, I'm, that's that's the sole reason. Yeah. I, I think Indianapolis's defense, who, who had a great game, is going to to probably eat alive the Chicago Bears. But I I got to roll with with Nick Foles, man. He he's going to take the Bears and do it. I don't know. As much as I don't like David Montgomery, I think he's like a volume guy, uh, and Tariq Cohen's out, so he's going to go a lot of touches, but. I, I still like Chicago to win this purely because I like I like what Nick Foles brings to the franchise. It kind of gives them a jolt. Um, and that defense has been ready to pop if they have a supporting offense. So uh, if Nick Foles can take care of the rock, which traditionally he is extremely good at, um, Chicago is going to be, I think, a surprising team, a surprising threat this year. And uh, I think they're going to be a good Colts team this weekend. Yeah, I mean, no one was expecting them to be three and zero. They were most people were expecting them to be zero and three. Yeah, I, I, I thought they were looking at, you know, being being on the outside looking in the playoffs, maybe even a bottom ten team. But uh, Nick Foles and you know their good start and Nick Foles, I think it 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 changes the it changes your thought. Well, I'm happy for Foles and his win, but I still got to take the Colts on this one. I think they lose this game, but I think overall throughout the season, I think they'll be all right with Foles. All right. The next matchup we got is the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off the disappointing loss to the Dolphins on Thursday night football. I know all the Washington State guys were uh, were bummed out. Gardner Minshew didn't perform as well as they, they were thinking he would. Uh, they're going to Cincinnati to take on Smoke and Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals coming off the, the tie against the Eagles. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are one and two. The Bengals are o two and one, and I mean, listen, the Bengals started out o and two. 
Week three, they get a tie. They're getting there. Joe Burrow's knocking on the door. I'm saying the Bengals are getting this win. And mind you, their losses have been so close, too. Yeah, no, they should have beat the Chargers week one. one. Yeah, they really should have beat the Chargers week one. Um, So, I mean, I'm going with Cincinnati. It sucks that I got to pick against Gardner Minshew because I do uh, really like what he's doing down in Jacksonville. He's kind of... I don't want to say working with nothing, but I mean, with the amount of turmoil and turnover that occurred with the Jacksonville Jaguars over the last two years, uh, it's kind of hard not to say he's working with nothing, but um, I got to go Cincinnati in this one. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I got to go Cincinnati and Joe Burrow getting his first win. Um, I think the Bengals are playing pretty, pretty good football right now, surprisingly. And Jacksonville, I mean, Minshew's great, but um, he's just kind of in that role where he doesn't have support. His team's not – they're not looking to be a playoff team this year. They're just trying to develop develop their football team um, and find, find guys that are going to be part of the future. So Minshew's going to be behind a lot of this year. He's going to be throwing and putting up good, good performances and losses. And so, unfortunately, I think this is going to be another one. Yep. All right, the next matchup we got is the Cleveland Browns coming off the win over the Washington football team. They're coming in at two and one. They're going down to Dallas to Jerry World to take on the Dallas Cowboys coming in at one and two. They're coming off the loss to Tyler's Seattle Seahawks. I got Dallas winning this game. I think they're ultimately the better team, but I mean, there are some concerns for Dallas at quarterback. And I mean, Dak Prescott looks suspect against Seattle, in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, Cleveland could sneak this one out. They do have a lot of talent, but I still got to go with the Cowboys to win this game. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Dallas, even though I don't want to. This was a tough game to pick. Uh, like you said, I think Dallas was a better team on paper, but I've been saying that for a long time. And this team, I mean, if concern is putting it lightly, I mean, the Browns could really turn their season around with the win. But turn their franchise around really with a win over Dallas, move it into three and one. Um, so Cleveland's definitely a big threat to win. Uh, but man, you just you just keep waiting for this Dallas offense to put it together and be unstoppable. Uh, they are banged up on defense, but uh, I still like Dallas to be able to run the ball against Cleveland and kind of control the game. Yeah, as uh, as much as I don't want to uh, to go with the Cowboys either, like Tyler said, I still got to take them in this one. Yep. All right, the next matchup we got is the New Orleans Saints going to uh, – hold on, I, I missed it. Sorry. The, the New Orleans Saints going to Detroit to take on Matthew Stafford and the Lions. Both teams coming in at one and two. I think it's it's a disappointing start, I think, for both teams really – uh, the Lions a little bit more expected just kind of where they're at with their franchise, but I think they were looking to to get off on a better start in the second year of Matt Patricia being the head coach. And then obviously the Saints, they were not looking to be one and two to start out the year. Um, Drew Brees's, uh arm power and arm strength has been questioned uh, these first couple of games. And the Saints, they're coming off a loss against the Packers on Sunday night football but I think they write the ship against the Lions this week. And hopefully Michael Thomas yeah, can I, come back. Yeah, I agree. I think I think New Orleans has just had – they've had a pretty tough schedule, uh, a lot of prime time games, a lot of pressure situations. They're a good football team, but 
Michael Thomas is a tough loss. Uh, but Detroit, you know, I think that they, they'd be able to handle Detroit. Yeah, I haven't really seen too much out of Detroit, uh, but they really haven't looked good. I know they almost lost to the Cardinals. Um, I believe it was last week. Yeah, they were able to squeak out the win. But... Yeah, yeah, last week. So, I mean, that even was close to me, so I still got to take the Saints with this one. All righty, so we're, we're all on the Saints for that one. Now, the next matchup is where things get a little dicey, and this was mm. the biggest sports headline, I think, today. Uh, bigger than the NBA Finals, in my opinion, bigger than uh, – Major League Baseball's postseason starting today. But we got a matchup between two 3-0 and teams. The Pittsburgh Steelers are supposed to travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. But it was announced earlier this morning, uh, on Tuesday morning, that the Titans and the Minnesota Vikings both shut down team facilities indefinitely after the Titans had three players and five team personnel members test positive for COVID-19 all tests all who were tested were uh, all who tested positive were asymptomatic the league still wants to play the game between the Titans and the Steelers on Sunday but it may potentially get moved to Monday night football the Titans are going to go all virtual for their week of practice this week so they are not going to be in person doing any sort of practice before this game if they are to play it, uh, if it doesn't get postponed. And this could also affect the the Vikings-Texans game as well if any of the Vikings end up testing positive. So uh, we had an Atlanta Falcons safety. I can't uh, remember his name, uh, but he tested positive before the, the Falcons and Vikings game. Uh, l- last week, so he didn't travel with the team to Minnesota, right? The the Vikings and Falcons played last week, right? On Sunday. No, the Falcons. Oh, the, the, Vi- yeah, the Falcons played the um the Bears. Oh, yeah, okay. Falcons it, it, it was, yeah, Falcons played the Bears. Vikings and Titans. Vikings and Titans played each other. Um, so that's that's where the the teams shut down their team facilities, but. An Atlanta player, Atlanta Falcons player, also tested positive, but he was the only positive case, and so they isolated him. He didn't travel with the team. Atlanta played Chicago, and that went off uh, without any issue. But now the issue is, what do these teams do? Like Pittsburgh is able to practice in person and do all of that and prep for the game normally. The Titans, on the other hand, are not allowed to. uh, And this game might get moved to Monday night. So, I mean, we don't know what's happening with this game, but I think we should still pick a winner for it because, I mean, it's going to have to get played. Am I wrong, Tyler? I mean, what do do you think about this whole situation? No, I mean, I think ultimately it's going to get played. I think everybody was kind of ready for this to happen at some point, uh, at least like having a plan. Probably I hope they have a plan. Players. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume that they're going to quarantine those people um, from the facilities, uh, do rigorous testing up until game time, and then ultimately play the game. And, you know, this is going to be the extra opponent. They covered it in hard knocks. This is going to be the extra opponent all year. And how your team can handle COVID, uh, that's going to be a major factor. 
I think ultimately Pittsburgh wins the game. Yeah, I mean, I I believe Pittsburgh will win this game whenever it gets what, played. Yeah, there's, especially if it's this week, I think there's just a lot going on with Tennessee that takes away from a game plan. So, um, you know, I think this is a close matchup, but uh, ultimately I think Pittsburgh's going to win. Yeah, even playing field, I think this is a really close matchup and we're gonna, we would get a really great game out of it, but um, it's yeah, just... I think, I think Tennessee's got a lot, so they'll be kind of the, you know, them in Minnesota, I guess, will be kind of the first teams tested to see how you respond. Yeah, and, I mean, hopefully no Vikings players end up testing positive. Yeah. Jacob, who you got winning this game? I have the Steelers with this game. Um, we we kind of saw this with the MLB, too, that they had outbreaks, and honestly, it was at a bigger level. So and I don't really see them postponing the game for longer than a week. Well, and, I mean, listen, baseball was able to right the ship, and they were able to figure it out. They're now starting the postseason. They accomplished what they said they wanted to do. They played a 60-game season, and now they're about to start the playoffs. Yeah, see, I think they'll be fine. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's this is obviously something to keep our eye on for sure. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL handles it. But, I mean, we said it all along. Really, the NFL was at the biggest advantage in this whole scenario because their sport hadn't – or their season hadn't started yet, so they had all this time to prep and come up with plans. Hopefully they came up with plans to – Yeah, hopefully they learned to from figure the NBA bubble and the MLB – yeah, I mean, they're going to have to do a, a bubble for the postseason, so I, in my opinion. So, I mean, it, it's, it'll work itself out, I think. And the, the NFL will take all the necessary precautions they need to. And, I mean, we saw that today. I think uh, – why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Earl Watson. Why did I blank on his name? Earl Watson – was supposed to go work out for the Texans today, and they were Earl Thomas. Wow, wow, Uh, thank you, Earl Thomas, Earl Watson, (laughs) Earl Watson. I don't know where I got Watson from. This is he was a good guard. (laughs) I put Deshaun Watson and Earl Thomas together. A, it happens. Um, Earl Thomas was supposed to work out for the Texans today, but then it came out that his agent was informed by head coach Bill O'Brien that the league was canceling the the workout and meeting due to COVID-19 protocols. So I'm assuming that because of this outbreak in one locker room, every single team is having to heighten their protocols and not let any unauthorized people into the building. So, yeah, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Earl Thomas and the Texans. So, uh, but enough of that. The next matchup we got, the Seattle Seahawks coming in at 3-0 and off the big win over the Cowboys. They're going down to Miami, coming in at 1-2. and I got the Seahawks winning this game pretty easily. They are the far superior team, uh, and I don't think Fitzmagic will be able to use any of his magic to beat the Seahawks. Yeah, I think this is going to be a... a an easy win for the boys. Hopefully they can sharpen some edges and figure out, you know, some, some things moving forward with, you know, defensive linemen running game without Chris Carson. So luckily, you know, I think that we're, we're good enough to where this is going to be a safe, easy victory, but also I hope we use it to kind of get better. Jacob, what about you? Yeah, I got to take the bucks with this one. I, I liked 
what I saw from Herbert in that game against the Chiefs. Wait, but we're on the oh oh we're on the, the Hawks so and the Dolphins. I skipped completely. Yeah, so I'm taking the uh, Seahawks in this one. Um, I honestly have really liked from what I've seen from them too. They're, in my opinion, they're a favorite for the NFC. Oh, for sure. Yeah, between for sure. them and Green Bay. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tyler said it in the power rankings. Russell, I think, is the leader Be- between for him, the MVP. Yeah, between him and Rodgers, I don't think there's more of a clear-cut uh, two. Yeah. Um, and also, going back to Earl Thomas, Earl Watson's also a former NBA player, UCLA Bruin, and head coach well, of the Phoenix Suns. Well, that's why he came to mind. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking with that. That was, I don't know where my brain was. But all right, I did that with Evan uh, Fournier and uh, Fournette. Yes, a couple weeks ago. Yes, so. you did. Um, so all right, Jacob kind of mentioned it. Yeah, uh, I skipped ahead. We were, <laughs> we were getting ahead of ourselves. We got the Los Angeles Chargers coming in at one and two. They're going to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers coming in at two and one. The Chargers are just decimated by injuries. Melvin Ingram's on the IR. Pouncey's out. Derwin James is out for the year. They're going to be without Chris Harris Jr. for the foreseeable future. I think he's going to miss maybe six, seven weeks. Tampa Bay is clearly the better team as well in this, so it's it's pretty easy to pick this game when you got Tom Brady going up against a rookie QB. So I got the Bucks win in this game. I think all of us do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I got to go with the Bucks in this one. Chargers, man, they just can't catch a break. This is a couple years in a row, which is yeah, they've just, just been injuries. Injuries you can't get over. You know, it's too it's too much talent. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is the Baltimore Ravens coming in at two and one, coming off the loss on Monday Night Football. They're going to Washington D.C. to take on the Washington Football Team, coming in at one and two. The Ravens are clearly the better team. I know Kansas City was able to make Baltimore look human similar to how the Chargers were able to make Kansas City look human but Baltimore is leaps and bounds better than this Washington football team so I got Baltimore winning this game yeah Baltimore I mean you gotta look for them to really try to just get get over the hump as far as the Kansas City Chiefs and them being they gotta dominate this game they I'm sure they got a bad taste in their mouth yeah, they just got to yeah get their confidence back, get their rhythm back. The Chiefs are kind of the measuring stick, and they've failed uh, multiple times now. So uh, I'm sure Lamar, the only thing he's thinking about is the Chiefs and get them again. So I look for them to kind of be on a mission and definitely get a big win this weekend. Jacob? Yeah, I definitely expect the uh, the Ravens to rebound off of this just because of that loss to the Chiefs. I think they were just trying to see how they matched up with them and unfortunately went in the Chiefs' favor, but I think that they uh, – they pick it up with this uh, this win against Washington. All right, the next matchup we got is the Arizona Cardinals coming in at 2-1. and one. They're going to Carolina to take on Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves, and the Carolina Panthers coming in at 1-2. and two. The Cardinals coming off the loss to Detroit. But, I mean, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, they're – I mean, I I don't know of a better connection right now in the NFL. I mean, they just look on the same page. And that Arizona offense, their defense, we they're one of the they're one of the surprise teams coming out the gate, but I think they are honestly here to stay. So and Carolina's kind of in a, a weird scenario with a rookie head coach, but 
Um, their star player is out with Christian McCaffrey being out. So I got the Cardinals winning this game. Yeah, I got the Cardinals win too. Their offense is dialed in right now. Kyler's still young, so he's going to have his bumps, turnovers. He, you know, he pushes the ball. He's an aggressive kid. So and you're going to have those lumps. But ultimately, I think this Arizona team, like you said, is here to stay. They're good. Um, they've got veteran talent uh, alongside a, a young coach and a young quarterback. They're on the same page. So Man, I like Arizona to the dub. They really should have won that game against the Lions. Yeah. But uh, but I'm taking them this week as well. All right. The next matchup we got, we kind of talked about how this game could be uh, potentially affected. We don't know what is going to happen with it. But the Minnesota Vikings going to Houston to take on the Texans. Both teams are winless. They're 0-3. I have the Texans winning this game if it gets played, when it gets played, whatever. Um I just I trust Deshaun Watson more than I trust Kirk Cousins. It's it's really as simple as that. Yeah, Houston's had by far the hardest schedule the first Jeez. four games. Um, so I think that Houston can get a win out of out of Minnesota um, with everything that Minnesota's dealing with and them not playing, uh, you know, to really like good football. Um, Houston should have an opportunity to get their first win. Yeah, with two zero and three teams, I think Texas, uh, the Texans have really had a horrible schedule. But um, I think they they're definitely a better football team than they appear in their first three games for sure. So you got you got the Texans I'm, winning. I'm choosing the Texans. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is the New York Giants coming in at zero and three. They're coming here to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams, who are coming in. Uh, at 2-1, and one, they're making their return to SoFi Stadium after two weeks on the East Coast. Uh, they did travel back to L.A. in between Philly and Buffalo. But, I mean, let's just get this out of the way. That call was bullshit against Buffalo. That, that should not have been called. And I got to shout out my boy, Corey Holbert. 28-3 to three is the most dangerous score in all of sports. The Rams were down 28 yeah. to the Rams are down 28 to 3 with like 10 minutes to go in the third quarter and they end up coming back to take the lead and then a fluke. Tony 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 Reale, real quick Tony Reale, the red zone guy when they were up 28 to 3 he said Buffalo was 3 and 0 you know he like counted the win and I was like oh shit now now LA's going to come back and sure shit they did yeah, and I mean, you you mentioned it in in the power rankings, Tyler. There's a lot to be happy with, with how the Rams were able to come back in that game. So there's there's a lot to be encouraged by, and I don't think many people predicted the Rams were going to be two and one, almost three and zero. Oh, and I I think they're a better two and one team than most people really think they are. Well, Buffalo's a good team, so yeah, I and mean, that really was, and it, it was going like, to be a test you know, for a them for plays. sure. Yeah, and, and you know, a couple of plays goes your way, it could be different. You don't dig yourself such a big hole, uh, but it's like I think that there's not a lot of teams. I mean, Josh Allen was just on fire. There's not a lot of teams that are going to get up twenty-eight to three on the Rams. I just don't believe that that defense is going to give 28 points up in the first half again this season. It just doesn't happen that often. So uh, I think the Rams are, are a really solid football team. Obviously, I have in my top 10, so I got them be, definitely beating the Giants. Oh, that's going to be a whooping. Kind of shrug, 
just struggling to find an identity you know, without Saquon. Yeah, so we're all on the Rams with that, aren't we? Oh, yeah. There's no way in hell I'm taking the Giants <laughs> this week. So, all right, the next matchup we got is Bill Belichick, Cam Newton, and the New England Patriots coming in at 2-1. and one. They're going to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at 3-0. and oh. This is going to be a really fun game, I think. I think that Bill Belichick loves to scheme against a player like Patrick Mahomes. I think he just loves going up against the best. So we're all like scheming against Andy Reid, who is a schemer too. Yeah. So I think that obviously the Patriots are going to be well prepared, but the fact that they are missing so many key components on defense uh, because they opted out because of COVID or for whatever reason they, they opted out. I think the Kansas city chiefs are going to get the win and move on to four and zero. but I think it's going to be a much closer game than people are thinking. This is dangerous, dangerous for Kansas City. Um, like you said, Bill Belichick's a mastermind game planner. Uh, just so, you know, doesn't, and there's nobody in the world that thinks like Bill does when it comes to, like, putting together a football game plan. So, uh, New England's going to be tough, a tough win. If, if, if Kansas City comes in, kind of cocky in the slightest. New England is going gonna, is gonna to shut them up real quick. Uh, but ultimately, I think that Kansas City is too good right now, and um, they're going to be able to withstand whatever New England is going to bring and adapt, and Kansas City's moved up. Well, I got to take the Chiefs on this one, too. They were, man, they were dialed in against the Ravens. Uh, and I don't really, I, I love this matchup between Cam and Mahomes, but I still think that Mahomes has the edge in this one. Yep. All right. The next matchup we got is the three and Buffalo Bills going to Las Vegas to take on the two and one Raiders. So uh, I got the Raiders actually upsetting the Buffalo Bills at home. I think that John Gruden is going to figure out something that he sees in the film that Sean McVay was able to adjust on the fly in the second half. And Vegas is going to figure out a way to beat the Buffalo Bills at home and no longer will the Buffalo Bills be undefeated. I'm full in on hating the Buffalo Bills this year after how that Rams game went. I'm yeah. so, so that, upset about it. So is that why it. you're picking against them? That's one of the reasons, but I also think John Gruden is a great head coach, and this Raiders team has surprised a lot of people and been a lot better than than people were giving them credit for. So I, I think that, that Gruden's got a trick up his sleeve, man. So I know I'm going with number one. That's that's your only reason why you're taking them. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do like the I do like the Raiders and what Gruden's doing there, but they're not where I mean they're just he's just trying to get them going, you know. I think that they're just coming out the blocks, whereas Buffalo is fully in their sprint to try and be at their peak. And ultimately I think the Buffalo Bills are gonna win the game. Yeah, I got the three and O Bills going four and O against the Raiders. Listen, this is just where I create I like more. The, I like, I like, yeah, I like the greed love though. <laughs> Listen, this is just where I create more separation between you guys in the standings. We'll see you uh, next week. We will. All right, the Sunday night matchup. We got the Philadelphia Eagles, who are also a part of that tie with the Cincinnati Bengals, coming in at O two so and stupid. one. I know. And uh, they're going to San Francisco to take on the 49ers, coming in at 2-1. and one. 
The 49ers were able to get a victory when they were without their quarterback, their running back, their tight end, a whole bunch of defensive players. The the 49ers were decimated by injuries in in week two. So they were still able to get the job done last week. I think that the 49ers keep it up. They move on to 3-1. and The Eagles are in a tailspin. I don't know what is going on with them. It is... So interesting to see the fall from grace. Just, I mean, what, three, four years removed from them winning a Super Bowl? They're just a gritty team, though. You never know. Uh, that's why, you know, that's what they made their name on is being the underdogs. Uh, I like them to win this game. I don't, I don't, I don't like San Francisco, what they're dealing with and how they have to deal with all these injuries. I don't think, I didn't think they had the juice even when they were healthy. So, um, I think San Francisco is in a lot of trouble this year. They're probably going to be looking at, you know, less than, you know, maybe six wins. So maybe less. I don't know if, if, if depending on their how healthy they are. But ultimately, I got I got Philly winning this game. I think that they're they're just the same Eagles, the same underdog Eagles. They can't ever really count them out. And San Francisco is the perfect team to bet against. Jacob, who you got? I got to take the Niners on this one. All right. Re- regardless of all Love the injuries, it. I think the uh, their coaching staff and from players that they did retain that did not get injured, I think that they're in a lot better spot than the uh, the Eagles. Yeah, man. I, the, the hell do you settle for a tie? Yeah, it's it's interesting. But Jeez. all right, last game of the week, Monday Night Football. The zero and three Atlanta Falcons going to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers, coming in at three and zero. This is a pretty easy one for me. Packers all the way. I mean, the Falcons, I don't similar to the Eagles. I don't know what's up with these bird teams aside from the Seahawks, but I, I don't know what's going on down there. So I, I got the Packers mm-hmm. winning this game. I think the Falcons just have way too much mental kind of questions going on in the back of their minds. I mean, They've just never recovered from that Super Bowl, and they've and they've been so bad when the pressure's on, having a lead. That's just so weird, and so it's got. I get. I just got to count it to just their psyche. They're they're kind of they're kind of broken. I don't know if this team's ever going to get over the hump. Uh, and Green Bay is just dialed in, ready to go. So they're just Atlanta Falcons are running into a monster when they're trying to figure stuff out. Oh, yeah, Green Bay's rolling. If there's one thing I learned this week is I am not choosing the Falcons anymore. <laughs> I don't care who the hell they're playing. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's – I mean, who knows what happens with Julio. Hopefully he's able to go and, and at least give them a chance. I'm, See, I'm hoping for even, fantasy's sake. You can't even use that as an excuse, though, because they were up in that game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. But all right, that uh, that wraps up the picks of the week, and you know what? It's it's perfect timing because I think the that our guest, Coach Scott Fields, is calling in right now. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Five seconds at midfield. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone?
joining us on the phone right now. He is a champion head coach and consultant on the collegiate NBA and international levels. He has worked under Hall of Fame head coach, the late, great Jerry Sloan, and has also coached in countries like Italy, China, Lebanon, Qatar, and a few other countries in the Middle East and Asia. He also hosts his very own show, The Coach Scott Field Show, which you can find on his Facebook page, making his return to the Sports Kingdom show, Coach Scott Fields. Coach, how are you doing? Welcome back to the TSK Show. Man, TSK, we're doing it big, man. I love what you guys are doing and uh, have continued to follow you uh, after we made our first appearance, and i just honored and humbled to be back with you. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and help us preview the 2020 NBA Finals. It's a matchup featuring the number five seed in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat, and the number one seed in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers. Coming into the finals, the Lakers won each of their five, each of their playoff series in five games, beating the number eight seed Trailblazers, the four seed Rockets, and the three seed Denver Nuggets. The Heat swept the four seed Pacers, upset the number one seed Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo in five games, and then beat the number three seed Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals in six games. A couple fun facts, real quick, before we dive into the matchups. Uh, according to the Associated Press, LeBron James and Jimmy Butler have faced off 34 times, including the playoffs, and each player has a record of 17 and 17. Also, for the coaches, including the playoffs, Eric Spolstra and Frank Vogel have met 50 times as head coaches. Spolstra leads that matchup 26 to 24. So, coaching is going to play a big role in this series. And then, this is also the first time that both teams in the NBA Finals missed the playoffs the year prior to making the NBA Finals. What are your, what are your thoughts on that, Coach? You know what? I think it's been a, an outstanding bubble. It's been very competitive. It's been fun to watch. Uh, the Heat, uh, of course, in my opinion, had a tough road to get there. I mean, to sweep the Pacers. And, of course, the Pacers had a few injuries. Uh, but the way that they handled business with the Pacers and then move on to the number one seed Bucks, who a lot of people had winning the East, and then to take care of the Celtics the way that they did, um, it was was not an easy road. And then the, your Lakers, you know, you had the Trailblazers that expended a lot of energy to get in uh, to the playoffs and, and, and be that number eight seed. And then, you know, to, to beat a tough Nuggets team that came back from three or two, three to one uh, deficits, uh, you know, it, and not surprised to be a LeBron-led uh, team with AD there, uh, arguably two of the best players. But you're looking at probably arguably the best team in, in the finals and arguably the best players in the finals. So, um, you know, from a coach's perspective and a coach's lens uh, that I constantly wear, you know, when you talk about that 26 to 24, um, you know, ratio with Spolstra, I think Spolstra has done an outstanding job and Vogel will not get enough credit simply because he's got a LeBron-led team. So um, I'm excited for the finals to begin. Uh, let's get these presidential debates out of the way, and uh, let's have some uh, quality sports entertainment. I'm definitely and, uh, let these players do what they do. <laughs> I'm definitely glad to be recording a podcast right now to get the circus out of my brain right now. So there you go. Hey, enough of that. Get off my lawn. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's have some basketball. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but all right, let's let's break it down team by team. Let's start with the Lakers. Uh, as a team in the playoffs, they shot 49.8% from the field and 35.5% from three. 
in my opinion, coach, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to have to play like they're the best duo in the league, and they have so far in the playoffs. LeBron averaged 26, 10, and 8 for the postseason so far, and AD's averaging almost 29 points per game and 9 rebounds. Also, the fact that Anthony Davis only averaged 35.9 points, uh, 35.9 minutes per game, and LeBron was at 35 minutes per game, I think that is a huge factor coming into the finals. I think they are going to play a little bit more, maybe around the 40, 42 minute mark, depending on how the game is going. And if Anthony Davis's ankle is okay, which I think it will be, he put up 27 points on 50% shooting from the field, 50% shooting from three, and 100% shooting from the line in that closeout game against the Nuggets. I think AD's ankle is going to be okay, but the Lakers are are coming into the finals in a, in a good position. Well, you know what? When you've got a leader and an outstanding talent that I think gets taken for granted year after year, uh, we we got to appreciate the greatness that he brings. Uh, you know, LeBron holds himself accountable. He's going to hold the, the, his teammates accountable. He leads by example. Um, he does a great job of being a facilitator. You've seen his uh, assist numbers go up. Um, that's not going to be surprising. He and AD have been an unbelievable duo, one-two punch. Uh, he, uh, AD has done a great job of rim running. He's been a, a rim protector. He stepped out. He's knocked down the three at a pretty good pace. Even though their three-point percentage as a team is a little bit low, um, you know, it's going to be who's the third person, who's going to be the consistent third scorer. Um, I think playing in the bubble will kind of um, minimize some of the stress and some of the uh, anxiousness uh, that could happen uh, if you're traveling on the road. Uh, but I look for the Lakers with the pieces that they have uh, to come out and play solid team basketball. I love what the DNA that Rajon Rondo has played with. Uh, when he got in there against the Nuggets, you saw him defensively get in there and be a gnat and uh, you know cause disruption uh, with Jamal Murray, who, who had an outstanding uh, playoff run. Uh, I like what he brings, and you know the Lakers are built for this. You know they've got a lot of size. Uh, they got Jamel McGee. They've got Dwight Howard, who's who's done an incredible job in his role. When he came in, he provided energy. Um, he got easy baskets on the interior. He he was able to create double teams, which created uh, more opening shots and more spacing uh, for LeBron James to be able to play downhill and in transition. The only Achilles heel that I see is who's going to be the uh, consistent third score and are they going to be able to consistently knock down the shot because you show uh, and we saw that the uh, Miami Heat was Spolstra wasn't afraid uh, to go to a 2-3 zone and pack it in and force the Celtics to shoot from the outside which disrupted their rhythm a little bit so that's going to be an interesting uh, chess piece to, to watch but I like the Lakers chances uh, you know I think they have the uh, spirit of the Mamba mentality uh, going through their veins uh, the, everybody knows of the passing of Kobe Bryant and I think they're inspired and led uh, by his passing and I think they want to do it in his honor so I think for those reasons i think frank bogle is going to have to uh, do a great job of managing the minutes and controlling the the depth of the bench and then uh, what adjustments are they going to make between games uh to what you know eric spolster is going to do but it's it should be a fun series for laker fans i know a lot of um los angeles is a little bit disappointed in how the clippers uh you know how, nah, how they not really we weren't surprised <laughs> 
we weren't surprised. Uh, there's a lot of people throughout the NBA community that knew that the uh, that the Clippers were you know built for the playoffs and you know went all in on this year. So uh, I think the Lakers have, have deserved it. The Lakers have done a great job, and uh, you know they're going to be well representing the West. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about the the role players in a second. I wanna I wanna go back to LeBron and and, and really I wanna go go to Anthony Davis because this is his first Finals appearance and this is why he came to the Lakers and and obviously we know this is LeBron James's tenth Finals appearance. He he went to eight straight and then he missed the playoffs last year because he was injured and the Lakers didn't make it and now he's back in the Finals and I'm not worried about LeBron honestly because it is the finals and I know he's got a little extra motivation to beat Pat Riley. I'm very interested to see if Anthony Davis will meet the moment. He is going to go up against another young big in Bam Adebayo who isn't as good as Nikola Jokic, but he plays a different game and AD is going to have to commit himself to rebounding. I was disappointed in his lack of rebounding in the last couple of games of the Western conference finals. And as Pat Riley says, no rebounds, no rings. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I, I think Anthony Davis uh, is on a mission. You know, uh, he was never able to get out of the first round when he was with the Pelicans. He basically sat out the year, so that way, uh, you know, <laughs> the the agency that he and LeBron both share could get him and get his deal set up so he could be a teammate with LeBron. So he knows that. He already, I mean, you know, I think he's going to thrive on that pressure. You know, they always say pressure, you know, either busts pipes or makes diamonds. And uh, this is a chance for him to get a lot of diamonds on a championship ring. And I think he's, he's eager to prove that. And I think he showed that consistently throughout the playoffs. Now, different style of play against different uh, teams and different opponents. Uh, Jokic uh, did an outstanding job with, with his interior uh, play, able to back down and play a little bit more bully type of ball with his back to the basket, where I think Bam is more athletic and more explosive. But I think Bam is also going to have his hands quite full because, again, you know you can rotate size in for the L.A. Lakers uh, with Dwight and also with JaVale McGee. So I think there's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Bam can stay focused focused on his role and not try to assume too much responsibility on the defensive end because I think a young guy like that who's eager to uh, you know showcase his skill set could get in foul trouble early so it's going to be interesting to see how Spolstra will, will protect him and allow him the space to offensively get going but defensively can the heat match up to the size and length uh, that, that the Lakers uh, bring to the finals. And you mentioned the Lakers size and man what team wouldn't want to have three seven footers um, but with the Heat, though, they tend to run a small ball lineup, and the Lakers saw this against the Rockets. They had to downsize a bit, squeeze in Markeith Morris into the four, and play Davis at the five. Uh, what lineup do you see them using? Do you see them using the two bigs or maybe playing LeBron at the four, Markeith at the four? You know what? I, I feel like at first they're they're going to be filling each other out. I think that first half of basketball is going to be uh, where they're just going to be playing. They're going to be kind of assessing each other. They're going to try to exploit the other team's weaknesses. I feel like um, if they play with size, uh, they can definitely get into Miami's interior. But, you know, the way the game is played now with space and pace and from threes, you know, so you either want threes or you want layups. And, and Anthony Davis can do that. He can step out and shoot the three, which spreads the floor, which which gives Kuzma room to play. It's going to give Markeith an opportunity to kind of, you know, do what he does, uh, you know, and then you, you, you've got, 
just great players in Rondo who can kind of watch from the bench and then come in with energy and, you know, be able to put LeBron where he doesn't have to exert as much energy playing a point forward type situation. You just got to slow down the Lakers, um, you know, downhill play and transition because when they defend and when they get out running and LeBron's going downhill, there's no player in the league that can stop him. He's, he's just an unstoppable force and he's going to be unselfish where, you know, he'll give up a layup to, you know, get, get the confidence and rhythm of the other role players going so it's going to be interesting to see I think it's going to be a fill-out process but I kind of see you know AD playing at that five spot and then you let Markeith you know be a four and then you know you have LeBron and you know Kuzma and again I just feel like the Lakers are built for this they they were you know kind of you know, personnel for personnel, it's all about matchups. And I, I think they match up quite well with the Heat. And the Heat will, they will go small. They're going to try to play transition. I think Goran does a good job, and I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into that in a second. But the Lakers are built for this. They're excited for this. They're, they're fiending for a championship. And the team is constructed to win that championship. So there's a lot of pressure on those Lakers to uh, to pull this off and execute it. Yeah, I mean, for me as a fan and what I'm seeing from from the eye test, what I'm watching as, from the games, especially in the Western Conference Finals, I'm done with JaVale McGee. I think it needs to be Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and Markeith Morris as the three guys rotating in the front court, obviously aside from LeBron James and Kuzma, who who kind of play some hybrid positions. But let, let's not forget, Markeith Morris is shooting 43.6% from the three-point line during the postseason. So he's been... a surprising like a pleasant surprise and and a nice addition of the Lakers but in terms of the perimeter I'm very interested to see how Caruso and Kuzma play in the finals especially with it being their first finals and first postseason experience I think the Lakers are going to rely on their veterans a lot more heavily in the finals while not still really messing up the shifts and lineup rotations I think Caruso and Kuz are still going to get their normal minutes but KCP, Danny Green, and Rajon Rondo are going to have to play well, especially guarding the perimeter with all of the shooting threats that Miami has. And surprisingly, that's been one of the Lakers' strong suits this postseason is defending the three-point line. Well, Danny Green has been there. He, he's he's been to the rodeo. He he's been to the puppet show. He's seen the strings. Uh, he's experienced in that role. I I look for him to play outstanding basketball on both ends of the court. He has that length and versatility where he can guard multiple wing positions. He'll come out and force you off the lane, which will force you into the paint where you got Anthony Davis, you know, protecting your backside. I look for Caruso to play good energy minutes to come in and fill roles. But you know that's why you've got a LeBron James on that bench that's why you got a LeBron James in that locker room um, it's, it's kind of like what you used to see with a Kobe Bryant who would you know would kind of guide those guys and he would mentor those guys and he would talk them through that uh, you know LeBron has a very high basketball IQ and uh, what an asset that is for those younger inexperienced players uh, that are going to be on that wing but LeBron's going to have the patience with them he's going to get them going he's going to get their shots in early he's going to try to get their confidence up by getting them easy shots by you know him penetrating and kicking out for them uh Le- lebron's been there multiple times uh no nobody's been there more in recent years so he he, he knows what to expect he's, he knows the the adjustments that's going to be made 
He's seen all kind of defenses. Uh, there's nothing that's going to surprise him. So it's all about him getting Danny Green going. It's all about him getting Kyle Kuzma's length and versatility and scoring ability, uh, you know, and then rebounding and, and defense, you know, for those guys. That, that, again, I, I like how the Lakers are constructed. Uh, LeBron's done a great job working with management because you know he had heavy input on who he wanted in there. He brings in a J.R. Smith. He brings in a Dion Waiters, guys that he's liked and the guys that have done things in the past. I kind of agree with you um, on what you say about JaVale McGee, but what JaVale McGee is going to bring in in certain rotations, he's going to be a, a rim protector. He's going to be a guy who's going to be a rebounder who can ignite and start that fast break uh, to get LeBron James in the open court and get Anthony Davis rim running. So uh, when they do that and they play Laker basketball, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a snowball effect and it just continues to gain momentum when they can get up and down. If, if the heat can slow it down and make it into a half court game, which would be more challenging for the Lakers. Um, I still look for Lakers to exploit the weaknesses and the size of, of the uh, Miami heat. Tyler, what are you looking for from the Lakers in the finals? Yeah. I mean, I think he nailed it as far as like, you know, they're built for this, you know, exactly like what he said. And, with the size, the experience, uh, the the energy, the leadership, they got, they have the checklist roster, um, and you know I, I look for guys like Danny Green and Rondo and Dwight to play well because I've been there, um, and I also like to see guys like Dwight and Chris that are going to play with high energy. Uh, the Lakers, you know, they're built to win this. I, I think it's their championship to lose, ultimately. Um, it's not going to be an easy. It's not going to be an easy championship, but uh, I think, you know, like Coach said, they're built for this. The size is going to be too much. LeBron and AD, I think, are just going to pose too much force. Yeah, Tyler, you know, I, I think your finger is definitely on the pulse. Uh, your eye test and your eye exam that you see, uh, you know, no matter what the Heat's going to put out there, I feel like the way that the team is constructed, they're, you know, they're going to be able to switch off on, on different screens on the perimeter. And, uh, you know, I just feel like with their length, their versatility defensively, and the weapons that they have on offense, um, you know, superstars are going to be superstars. They're going to get theirs. But what's going to happen with, like, what Charles Barkley calls the Jags, you know, just a guy? What are those role players going to do uh, that come in off the bench? But, you know, since they've been playing in this bubble and the scoring has been the way it's been, they don't have to play in a hostile environment. They're used to these confines. I, I look for the Lakers to be – uh, a solid team. It's going to be competitive, uh, but I, I don't think the Heat is going to back down. Uh, you know, they're in this this underdog role, and and they know that they they accept it. There's a chip on their shoulder. Uh, Jimmy Butler kind of inflicts his will on. When I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that too. But I just like the way the Lakers are constructed for this. And let's give Frank Vogel a lot of credit because he has managed the egos. He has, you know, got um, Anthony Davis playing at a high level and peaking at the right times. Uh, Danny Green's been there. So his, his veteran leadership, Marquise Morris is going to be the same way. And uh, I, I look for Caruso to, to follow the guidance and direction and mentorship of, of King James and, uh, you know, let, let LeBron James do what he does. Well, for the yeah, late. I, oh, oh, go, go, go ahead, ahead, Tyler. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I, th I think the the Kobe thing is a big thing too, um, just with you know there's eerie uh, resemblance of like the 2004 finals with Shaq and uh, Kobe getting Peyton and Malone and playing those Pistons. They were just kind of gritty guys and got it done. 
I think the difference is between the teams is I think the Lakers team is focused in Vogel's a great coach. Braun's probably maybe the best leader the league's ever seen. Um, so I think that, you know, with Kobe's death and the focus that this locker room has, you know, he could probably win this in most years, but I think that the Lakers are just on a mission and it's, it's going to be theirs to be taken. There's no chemistry issues like 2004 with this Lakers team either, though. So that's a big difference between with that that's comparison. What, that's, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, this, this Heat team is lined up to pull an upset because of how well they're playing. I mean, they're, the, they're playing the best, in my mind, in the bubble, in the playoffs so far. I think they're the scariest team because they're just beating people. It's not that it, it doesn't look sexy. They don't have necessarily all the big names, but they're they're playing really, really good basketball, and, and they're having fun beating people. Um, so they, I think that they're lined up good to be an underdog, but because of Kobe's death and because of the bubble atmosphere and bronze leadership, I just think that this Lakers team is too too focused in on the on the on the mission to let an upset happen. Yeah, that that Mamba mentality is a part of that culture. It's a part of their DNA. LeBron is aware of that. He knew that when he was coming to LA, uh, he wanted to uh, you know show that he could win. Uh, you know, in LA, he was able to help construct the team, uh, you know, with the skill sets around him so that each of those guys can get in their bag and do what they do. So, Jacob, I, I agree. I just feel like the Mamba mentality and uh, the, the fact that, you know, that culture is there, it's established, and LeBron is continuing that culture. The torch has been passed, um, you know, and, you know, even though there is pressure on a LeBron James to get it done. He's fully aware of that. He's He's been on the big stage multiple times. There's nothing that's going to shock or surprise him. It's about him leading and, uh, you know, getting everybody else to get in their bag and, and showcase their skills along with him. Well, for the Lakers all season long, it's been the story of who's going to be that third guy, you know, that third option. You went down the list of, of Laker players and what their roles are on this team, but who do you see the Lakers' X factor in this series being? You know what? I think it's going to be somebody different each night. I really believe that. I feel that's like that's the one beauty night, of this team, you know, coach. That's yep. right. Yep. I, I think one night it could be a Danny Green, and then all of a sudden when Miami focuses on a Danny Green, and then I think Kyle Kuzma is going to be able to slash and hit shots, and you know, be a guy who can step up and do things. You know, then then it could be you know a Morris who has got that leadership, and then don't be surprised with Rondo. You saw him start to get oh, yeah. more comfortable <laughs> with the outside shot, and the fact that he has that championship DNA and that veteran experience to kind of calm down and control pace and tempo. Again, I think the third guy is going to be someone different each night. Now, if someone can step up and consistently fill that role, that, that's going to cause issues for the Heat. Tyler, who do you think the X Factor is going to be for the Lakers? Uh, it's funny. I mean, I had I had two to three different guys. That's basically, every night I agree with Coach that the four wins are going to come from two to three different guys having big nights. Danny Green, I think, is definitely going to win him one game just from going off. I think Kuzma's got one game in him. And then with the collection of the other guys with Rondo and KCP and Caruso and Morris, Dwight, it's I do think it's going to be a collective effort with the third spot. All right, Coach, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Heat. Obviously, we, we've kind of mentioned that underdog story with the Heat that's been with them this this whole year, and that's really the, the story of Jimmy Butler and, and his career. 
he's been the bulldog leading the way this whole time. And I mean, Chicago, Minnesota, and Philadelphia got to be kicking themselves that they weren't able to figure out a way to make it work with him. Because if I'm an NBA player, I want Jimmy Butler as a teammate. Well, you know what? I, I, I love Jimmy Butler's story. I love the fact that he's a Juco guy. I love the fact that, you know, he went and faxed his, <laughs> went and faxed his letter of intent to Marquette. I love the fact that uh, Marquette was able to, uh, you know, find a niche for him. And then I love the fact that he comes into the league with a chip on his shoulder and he, he's always had that workman's mentality. And you know what, you know, you, you've heard him say it out of his own mouth. He may not be for everybody and the heat may not be for everybody, but they're a good fit for each other. And they are playing dangerous basketball. Cause as you said, collectively as a team they don't have big names but as a unit and collectively they play well together they are unselfish uh, on the offensive end um, you know they, they could have five six guys in double figures every night with that consistency um, I, I don't think they get enough credit for the defense that they play because you know you look at the the young legs that the Boston Celtics had there in the Eastern Conference Finals, and yet they were able to disrupt that and get them to shoot shots that they were not comfortable with. Uh, you know, getting them out of the out of their you know make them shoot from zones where you know was not high percentage shots for for the Celtics, and for them to do that and then to do it right after doing it to a uh, you know a Milwaukee Bucks team with you know an MVP led Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, a lot of guys are. Going Going, wow, this is for real. This is not just a fluke. And uh, I think Spolstra, you know, I, they know they're their underdog. All the pressure is on the Lakers. They can play loose. They can play relaxed. They can play free. They can just play hard. They can just depend on each other like they have the entire game. I think Spolstra has created a winning culture there uh, with Miami. Um, a great friend of mine was on that staff for years, and he loved working with Pat Riley. He loved how Pat Riley um, – would do things and, and you look at Pat Riley we're talking about a guy who's been to the you know NBA finals in the 70s 80s 90s 2000s 2010s and now 2020 that's a, There's stat. a guy who, who who knows how to build winners and uh, you know he, he may take uh, you know the, the land of misfit toys and yet let them do what they do and Spolstra you know coaching them up and, and having that culture uh, Jimmy Butler has done a great job because he inflicts his will but if you watch Jimmy Butler it's very similar to what LeBron does. He picks his spots. I mean, you know, he'll step up and hit clutch shots when it really matters because he knows it's Jimmy Butler time. But yet until then, he lets Goran Dragic, who is a very underrated point guard, um, who, who's crafty with the ball. He finds a way to get to the rim. He can finish around the basket. He can create shots for other guys. And, uh, you know, Bam has, has you know, he has he has utilized this platform to showcase who he is. I mean, now yeah, people know who he was, you know, coming out of one of the blue bud, you know, traditional programs. He was very athletic. A lot of people thought he was as raw as sushi, but you know what? He's doing a great <laughs> job, you know, in his role right now. So, um, you know, you got to like that's their one-two punch. But yet, you know, you know, you look at the supporting cast, you know, where you, you got the shooter out of Michigan, and then you got. You know, you got Hero who just went off for, you know, 37 points in a game. So, again, they're very similar to the Lakers where any guy can step up and, you know, and, and hurt you in, in different spots. So, collectively, the Heat is playing well. I don't think it's going to be an easy finals uh, for, Le for LeBron. I mean, look how many times the Lakers have lost game one and then made adjustments and said, okay, rubber's going to meet the road, now we're going to play. So, I look for the Heat to come out and try to inflict their will early. I look for them to try to, you know, you know, 
Mike Tyson always says, you know, everybody's got a game plan until you get hit in the mouth. And, I, you know, with a Pat Riley-led team, they're going to try to come out and hit the leggers in the mouth. So, For sure. again, it's going to it's going to come down to adjustments, um, which team is going to play unselfishly, which team is going to execute under pressure, which team is going to collectively play team defense to get the other team out of rhythm and slow them down and make them shoot from where they don't want to shoot from. That's just from a coach's lens. So I'm excited to sit there with my coach's lens and watch this and watch the adjustments, see what kind of out-of-bounds plays are coming in after timeout, seeing what kind of um, you know pick and rolls that they're going to run, how they're going to defend pick and rolls, how they're going to run people off the, the three-point line. So for me, um, it's a game of chess when everybody else is playing checkers. So it's going to be a fun series for me to watch. Yeah, I love this Heat team. I'm so excited that they get the opportunity to compete with the Lakers because they're going to put the pressure on and make the Lakers win. Um, I've I've said I think that Jimmy Butler was the lion of the of the bubble. I think he's kind of put his put his uh, put his fingerprints all over the league now as an alpha dog, and he can he can put belief in his teammates and strike fear in the opponent and. Uh, I think this, like you said, I think this Heat team is super dangerous. I think they play a little bigger against the Lakers. You know, I think Olenek, if he's healthy, and Myers Leonard get in the games more um, to play against the Lakers. But Bam and Jimmy are tough guards for the Lakers. Bam, you know, as much as he can get into foul trouble, I think he can cause foul trouble because of his his ball handling skills, his playmaking ability. Um, Ultimately, I don't know. Ultimately, I don't think the Heat are going to get it done. But, man, I do love watching this team play, and I think they are really dangerous and not a team that you want to play in the playoffs. Um, And I think Uh, they're one of those teams where – oh, go ahead. No, I'm going to let you finish. I just want to add one more name to this Heat roster. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think they're one of those teams where it's like a good team on the same page is going to be a great team that's on the same page. I think these guys are just all bought in on what they're doing and how to win, and that's a, that's a dangerous thing to play against. Yeah, and I, I agree. I, I I like one of the acquisitions that the Heat made again. Uh, you know, just how the Lakers brought in a Rajon Rondo to be a point and to, to control pace and space. Uh, I love Andre Iguodala. I was you know, going to bring him up in a minute. DNA. <laughs> Because here's the thing, you got two guys who can defend and rotate off of LeBron. Uh, Andre Iguodala knows he can do it. He's done, he, he's he's been there. He's done it before. He's had the quick hands. Uh, he, he can disrupt the rhythm of a LeBron James. And then you put Jimmy Butler on him for a while, and then again you just kind of rotate because you don't want to give you know LeBron any confidence. You don't want to give him that window of like, okay, I got this guy where he can just feel explosive and exploit a one-on-one opportunity because, again, they're going to run that pick and roll and try to get those switches. So with Andre Iguodala coming in with that championship DNA who can defend a LeBron James along with a Jimmy Butler who brings that mindset and mental toughness, that's going to be the fun matchup to watch You know, as it gets into game two, game three, game four to see how much energy that a LeBron James is going to have to exert to uh, inflict his will on his team. So I like what Andre Iguodala brings. Um, you know, can Tyler Hero – 
Um, you know, just like a, a Caruso, uh, there, there's one of your matchups to watch. Who's going to be able to get off quicker in the series? Who's going to play with more confidence in the series? You saw after Tyler Hero had the 37 points, then he, he didn't really have that same rhythm the game after. Um, you hope that he didn't have complacency like, hey, you know what, look, look what I did. I, I made a name for myself because you have to do it consistently to win a championship, to win that ring. So, uh, you know, Hero, uh, again, it's, it's just going to be so fun to watch the matchups and see how each team exploits those matchups. Well, we talked about Jimmy Butler and just what kind of a leader he is, but what's so interesting to me is that he hardly touches the ball. He doesn't really get a lot of um, possessions where it's just, uh, you know, one-on-one isolation because this team has so many versatile players. But can you just talk about um, just his leadership on the court? Because, again, I haven't seen that from a superstar before. Well, you, that's what that's what you got to love as a coach about a Jimmy Butler. He he's not ball dominant. It's not. Um, I, I'll throw out a name there uh, with, with the Houston Rockets, where you hear Charles Barkley say, "Oh, dribble, 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 dribble." You know, he's not that kind of player. He plays selfless basketball. He looks for his teammates. Uh, he's going to put them in a position. Uh, you know, so that way, you know, those his teammates can get going. But you just got to love his mindset his defensive toughness, uh, just just the drive that he has. That's the, that's the will that he's going to inflict in that Heat team where they're like, you know what, they're not going to back down. They may get down 10 or 12 points, but they're not going to quit. They're like that junkyard dog, uh, you know, out there protecting the property. And they're, you know what, there's no pressure on them. All they got to do is just go play. Let's, let's roll the dice, see what happens. But that's what Jimmy Butler is going to bring. He's going to, you know, he's going to bring that toughness and that mindset into that locker room and on that bench and in those huddles, because that's where you see him, you know, with his, with his vocal leadership, that's what he brings to the team. Yeah. And couple that with Spolstra and the heat organization, knowing Braun's in and out. It's like, man, Jimmy's going to have a good game plan coming in. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. It is. It's like I'm saying, it's going to be about adjustments. It's going to be about what each team does to get the other team uncomfortable. What are they going to do to disrupt the rhythm? What are they going to do to slow down the break? What are they going to do? Uh, are, they, are they going to trap on pick and rolls? Are they going to ice it? Are they going to force baseline? Are they going to run them off the lines? Are they going to, you know, are they going to let sit back, pack it in and try to make the Lakers beat them from three, which, you know, that, that's kind of their Achilles heel until somebody gets going. And if they do that, you know, which team is going to handle the adversity better? Who's going to, who, who's going to, you know, grind it out and, uh, you know, find ways to, to have success. Um, you know, it, it's going to be like a heavyweight bouch. There's going to be a lot of jabs thrown. There's going to be a lot of uppercuts thrown. And then all of a sudden, when it comes down to it, who can make that knockout blow after they've been hit in the face several times? So it's going to be fun. And uh, I, I like to use cross-references and analogies from other sports because it's truly reality. And this is this is just the best platform to see these players showcase their, their skill sets because the finals are going to be fun. Definitely. Coach, I, I, I want to go back to Bam Adebayo and the, and the rest of the supporting cast for the Miami Heat. In my opinion, Bam Adebayo is going to have to play the best basketball he has ever played if he wants to give his team a chance to etch their names into basketball immortality. The The Lakers have a big-time advantage in the front court, and we kind of have already talked about it with Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and, and Markeith Morris. And the Heat play a very similar zone defense to the Nuggets. And Dwight Howard was able to gobble up so many offensive rebounds. I have a feeling that it will be very similar against the Heat. 
you know what? I, I, I do believe that Bam um, has big shoes to fill. He has a monster role to try to take on. And, you know, for the first time going into the finals, uh, he's going to be anxious. He's going to be excited. Um, you know, but can he, can, he, can he control his breathing? Can he, you know, not be too big for the moment? But I feel like the Heat and Eric Spolstra, you know, they're not going to put all that emphasis right on Bam. I feel like, you know, they're going to try to do it collectively and they're going to try to do it as a team. Um, they're not going to try to individualize anybody. Um, now, if somebody gets going, you know, Spolster is going to feed it and, uh, you know, keep, keep that going. But those players are smart enough to know the strengths and weaknesses of both teams. They've, they've seen each other. They've watched each other. You know they've been checking out each other from afar and, uh, you know, taking mental notes. They're breaking down game films. They've, they've had their walkthroughs. Uh, again, I just look for this first half of the first game to be a feeling-out process where, you know, the Lakers are going to try to get up and down and, uh, you know, play showtime Laker basketball uh, with rim running and, and transition. And I feel like the Heat are going to try to match that kind of play with physicality, team defense, and slow down the game to make it a half-court game so that way they can try to tire them out and make the Lakers play defense to where they won't have the legs uh, you know, in game two and game three and game four, if they defend, if they have to defend more deeper into the shot clock, that will wear out their legs and then their jump shots won't be as effective. So it, it, it's a chess match. It really is. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Andre Iguodala already, and I was going to bring him up when I was going to ask who you thought your who you thought the X factor was for Miami, because I think it's definitely Andre Iguodala and then also Jay Crowder. Because I think LeBron will be their responsibility on defense when Jimmy Butler isn't in the game. So if they can contain Braun and win the minutes while Jimmy is on the bench, that's going to bode well for Miami. See, again, you mentioned a Jay Crowder. Hey, he, he and Jimmy Butler played together in Marquette. They're both junkyard dogs. Very They're much both so. physically strong. They, they both have that mindset. Um, you know, so there's three players that you could rotate on a LeBron James to try to control him. Now, great players are going to score. You just want them to have to work harder to get their scoring. So, you know, Jay Crowder is going to want that responsibility where he can bang him because if LeBron tries to play bully ball and, and play with his back to the basket on the block, you got a Jay Crowder. You got a Jimmy Butler who's quick and defensive. And then you've got, you know, Andre Iguodala who can come in and finish it off, you know, deeper into the game, into the fourth quarter, where again, you're putting multiple bodies. And if you stay physical, on a LeBron James and make him settle for the three, that's where they want LeBron James to have to beat you. So uh, I, I like those things that they bring defensively uh, with those matchups. And again, they, they know what's coming. They, they've, they're preparing themselves mentally. They know it's going to be, you know, a, a, just a war of attrition. So, uh, you know, these guys are going to bang each other. They're going to fill each other out. They're going to try to wear each other down. Um, there's going to be a lot of trash talking too. They're going to try to see who can get, get each other in their heads and, and get them out of their game. So I kind of look for, you know, Jay Crowder to be that guy to kind of go in there and mix things up as a Draymond Green did for, for the Warriors, because I'm going to tell you what, uh, if I'm building the team, I'd love to have me a Jay Crowder and I'd love to have me a Jimmy Butler because that toughness, uh, you know, will, will get, will, will, will kind of manifest itself and it and that toughness will come to fruition with everybody else on the team and that that's the type of you know lead by example players that they've got they're just tough junkyard dogs and they do it collectively 
So you mentioned the the two three zone um, that they run, and, and it's kind of funny because I hardly see zones run, ran in the NBA today. Uh, you know, it's more man man. But this zone is actually so interesting against the likes of LeBron and Davis. Can you just kind of talk a little bit more what that could do to disrupt the flow of Davis and LeBron? Well, you know what? I, I thank the uh, creativeness of, of uh, Nick Nurse last year, who was coach of the year this year, uh, who's a buddy of mine. Um, you know, you saw them play a little bit of zone. You saw them run a box in one. Uh, and I think that let Spolster be like, well, you know what? I think it's okay. And they did that against the Celtics. Um, but I think with the 2-3 zone, or they may have played a little 2-1-2 two, two, where they bring up Bam a little higher to cut off that, that flash to the mid post area. Yeah, it's more a 2-1-2. Right, yeah, so I, I see that going to be more of an effect uh, against the Lakers because they're going to let Bam play a little bit higher, but they're going to match up off the wings. They're going to you know, let the guys run them off the lanes, try to funnel them into the paint, where, again, you've got to protect Bam and not let him get in early foul trouble because if, if Bam gets in early foul trouble, that's going to be a, a deficiency uh, for, for the Miami Heat that you know it's going to be tough to fill an offensive void. Now, you know Olenek can come in and do some things, and you already mentioned Leonard, um, but but again, you know, you want guys that have been road tested and have been there. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of anxious nerves going on in the finals. And uh, again, it's going to be which team can settle into their grind first. But I do look for them to, to run some zone from time to time to just try to disrupt the rhythm and slow down the pace of the Lakers when they can. They may do it uh, on special out-of-bounds plays. I don't look for them to, to get into it for long periods of time. Uh, but if they sit in that zone, then, again, you know, you're guarding an area and not guarding a man, and that can also save your legs for deeper into the fourth quarter to need your legs to, you know, to hit crucial jump shots or you know, if you have to create off the dribble, uh, you, you need that energy going down the stretch. Tyler, you got anything else you wanted to talk about on the heat? No, man, I think everything was said. I, I think we know who both these teams are. And, you know, we're going we to see how it plays out now. All right, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be awesome. All right, then. It's it's time for some predictions. So I'll just uh, – we'll do a round robin real quick. So, Jacob, what is your prediction for Lakers Heat Finals? Who wins and how, and how many games? I have the Lakers winning this in six, but a tough six for them. Okay. Tyler? Yeah, I like tough six. I like the top of that. Okay. It's going to be a tough tough six for the Lakers. All right. And then I'm going to go with Lakers in five because that is what I have gone with the entire postseason. I'm three for three in my predictions so far, so I'm sticking to it. And last but not least, Coach Scott Fields, what's your prediction for who wins the NBA Finals in 2020? I know this is going to get your heart beating. You guys are L.A. boys out there. Those Lakers are going to going to going to have a, a road to a championship. LeBron's going to walk off in the sunset with with another ring and then put him in the discussion of a Michael Jordan, and then everybody can get excited for Space Jam. But I, I think they're going to get it in six. All righty. So real quick before we let you get out of here, Coach, I did want to get your perspective on Doc Rivers being out as the Clippers coach. The Clippers had the fifth best regular season winning percentage in the NBA since Rivers took over for Vinny Del Negro before the 2013-2014 season. However, Rivers only won a total of three playoff series in his seven years as the head coach of the Clippers, never being able to reach the conference finals, and he blew two 3-1 leads in 2015 and then, of course, this year in 2020. He's done it a total now three times. Uh, the first time was 2003 with Orlando and Tracy McGrady. On the other hand, Doc Rivers was also the same coach 
to bring them out of the dark days that were the aftermath of the Donald Sterling scandal. And he really did help bring the Clippers back to NBA relevance with the Lob City era. And then with this uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George team, this is clearly Steve Ballmer wanting a fresh start. He didn't hire Doc. He inherited him. And Doc still had two years left on his deal. But Doc and Steve Ballmer had a conversation. And Doc didn't want to coach the team if he didn't have ownership's full support. So I want to know, Coach, where do you think Doc Rivers ends up and who replaces him? You know what? I, I just want to preface this with what you've already mentioned. Doc Rivers did an outstanding job you know, coming in and changing that culture. Um, they were basically just a stepchild in L.A. They still are. They're, they're trying to be the kings of, of, of L.A., which is going to be an uphill battle. So there's a lot of expectations there. Um, yes, that you know, he, he took them and, you know, from that Donald Sterling times where, you know, they, they needed to gain the respect, and, and Doc Rivers bought that respect. Doc Rivers is, is a class act. He's a great character. He's a great person. Um, now, was he able to get it done there for them? Uh, no, you know, and, and the coach is always going to be the scapegoat, and that's too bad because you know when you when you watch the Clippers play, you know, you looked at their, you know, I, I even said it before the you know bubble was going. I, I thought the the Clippers were going to be a strong team to battle the Lakers there for the Western Conference Finals. It didn't come to fruition. I was surprised to see how fatigued the team looked. Uh, you know, going into that second round, uh, you know, and then, you know, you know, they, they call, you know, playoff Paul PG 13. Um, they're like, you know, he doesn't deserve that title. He, you know, he, he was non-existent. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard looked extremely gassed at the time. You know, you heard, uh, heard of the off court issues uh, with chicken wing Lou and, you know, <laughs> that, that raises questions also. So, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of back and forth and dialogue that was had I do think you got to give Doc a lot of credit, uh, you know, to get them from where they were to where they are now. Uh, but yet, you know, he, he he's going to be the scapegoat. That's that's the that's part of the job. He's going to you know have two more years that he has to be paid out. Um, I, I'm hearing from my sources that uh, the 76ers have already reached out. I've heard that New Orleans has also um, reached out. Uh, OKC job is open. I'm sure he's not interested in that OKC job. Uh, but yet, if Doc wants to coach, there are going to be suitors out there for him. But don't forget, he was also phenomenal on TV and does a great job of sharing knowledge and wisdom um, in the broadcast booth. You just got to get used to his voice being gone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Doc, Doc is a great guy. I love him, and I, I wish him nothing but the best. But, uh, you know, he, he's not a guy that I'm going to bring in to sing happy birthday to my son because he has no voice. But, he's going to have success. He's going to continue to build winning culture. He always surrounds himself with great people. I'm just interested in the direction that the, that the uh, Clippers are going to go. Um, you know, do, do you look at a Mike D'Antoni? Do you look at a Tyrone Liu who's right there on the bench already with him? Do you look at a Rex Calamium who's right there who was with the Raptors uh, with Nick Nurse when they won the championship? Uh, there's going to be other big names that are going to surface for that job. Because what about Ballmer, Pop leaving San Antonio, Coach? that that's that is speculation that is out there and you know he you know i i don't know how much that bridge has been burnt with Kawhi when Kawhi just said you know what i'm not going to play i'm sitting out and i'm going to wait and then everybody wrote him off and then look what he did uh in the finals with toronto so uh i don't know what that relationship is truly like only those two guys know but yet pop is so well loved and respected i mean he, he's 
you know, he's Team USA's coach, and he has great relationships and, and respect across the league. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I'm sure Ballmer is already in communications with somebody. Um, you know, before them, be, before they would let him go, I'm sure they had to have good feelers put out there in a direction and a plan of where they were going to go and what direction they wanted. It could be right there within the franchise already. I trust a, a Jerry West. Um, Jerry West knows a lot of people, and a lot of people love to work with Jerry West. So it's going to be interesting. I even heard the name Phil Jackson come up, and could he physically do it? I don't know uh, if Jerry West think, and Phil I Jackson think, would want to work together again. See, again, there, there, there's all those – uh, underlying stories that that go into it, so it's going to be interesting to see you know what comes about. But uh, Doc is going to be phenomenal when, when he lands on his feet once again, because again he can flat out coach him up, and uh, he'll be great on TV while while Bomber you know finishes paying out his contract. Definitely. Well, Coach, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, I do want to let people know where they can find you. So why don't you let people know where they can find you, where they can find the show, all of that real quick. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, we, we host the coach Scott field show. We, we stream that live on Facebook. So facebook.com backslash coach SF. Um, we, we have outstanding guests. We, we provide quality insight. We kind of consider ourselves the, uh, Hubie Brown of, uh, of digital, of digital shows. So, uh, we have a lot of fun with it and, and share quality insight from a coach's lens. And we let, you know, we let NBA front office executives, we let NBA coaches, we let NBA players, we let NBA journalists come on and share their stories and share their wisdom and share their insight to hopefully empower others uh, on their journeys. We're all over social media. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Coach Scott Field Show. Uh, and again, we're also on Instagram at Coach Scott Fields, and then Twitter is just Scott underscore Field. So uh, we're trying to pick up the digital format here a little bit. We have a lot of fun with it, but fellas, it's always fun hanging with you, sharing knowledge because you guys do your research, you're well educated, and it's fun to chop it up with guys who know and get it. You guys are outstanding. Keep it up. We appreciate it, Coach. And uh, Jacob, Tyler, you guys got any shout outs before we get out of here and wrap this episode up? Well, I know I missed the first one, but I'm really glad that I made this one. <laughs> a better time for the finals uh, preview. I got to shout out my boy Jermaine Curse on his retirement. One of my favorite football players of all time. Uh, played him in high school. He played for the University of Washington, my Seattle Seahawks. Uh, yeah, man. Shout out to Jermaine on a great career. All right, uh, Coach, you got a shout-out before we get out of here? You know what? Let me give a quick shout-out to my son. We just took him to the airport on Friday. I he saw that on Facebook. Contract. Yeah, he just signed his third contract to go back over and play in Europe. So shout-out to my son, Brandon Sly. Go do your thing over there, young man. Uh, shout-out to my wife, who's always been loving and supportive. And uh, shout-out to all the NBA fans who have uh, stayed with the NBA, uh, as Adam Silver did an outstanding job executing this bubble to keep it a safe environment so these guys can go out and showcase their skills. Definitely. Well, I'm going to shout-out you, Coach Scott Fields. Thank you so much for joining us to preview the NBA Finals as the Lakers and Heat get set to face off tomorrow, Wednesday night. And then also, real quick, the Dodgers start their quest for a World Series title for the first time since 1988. They play the Milwaukee Brewers in the wild card round, and it's only a three-game series. The, the, the MLB playoffs are a little bit different this year, but Walker Buehler is starting game one tomorrow, Wednesday night, for the Dodgers. But once again, Coach Scott Fields, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. We really appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you soon. 
Jacob, Tyler, fellas, I appreciate you, TSK. You're doing it big. Keep it going, man. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. All righty. Don't forget this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Campus Point Coffee. Support us. Support a company that makes probably the best coffee ever and is trying to help save the beaches just by entering promo code TSK Show at checkout. That's promo code TSK Show for 15% off your purchase at campuspointcoffee.com. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.